Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome back. Hour number two here of One Bills Live, Wednesday edition. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, discussing your biggest storyline for Sunday's game against the Bengals and taking phone calls at 803-0550, But before we get to the phones, we're going to provide you with some post-practice remarks from one Dion Dawkins who addressed the media this afternoon. Where does the excitement level go as you guys continue to move on in the playoffs and become one of even fewer that are left standing in the NFL? Well, the closer that we can get to the to the end goal, um, the excitement is is through the roof. You know, um, it's a beautiful thing. Like like when you're doing things and you're winning games. You know, to win in the, in the postseason, it's it's hard, Matty. And uh, you know, anytime that that we can win an individual battle like practice, it puts us you know, closer to that end goal, which is, you know, winning tomorrow and then winning, you know, on on the weekend. Dion, we heard earlier from Coach McDermott that, um, you know, DeMar is back in the building now. What does that do for you and some other guys just to see him back in the building? And he said he's going to be here now almost daily. Yeah, it's just, it just shows growth, you know. It just shows that um, for his individual battle, um, and he's won, and he's still winning. And then that just goes just into a confidence uh, bank for us that, you know, like we see our brother every day and that, you know, things are pushing closer to um, why we said that we, we wanted to, to start playing ball, and that's to, you know, get as close and then win the whole thing. So, you know, and we focus on the day, and then we focus on individuals. And DeMar's, uh, um, his, his appearance, you know, like walking around here, it's a, it's a, like it's a positive thing, and uh, to to see three just smile and just wave and just you know put his hearts up and keep it pushing. You know, it's a like it's a positive energy bubble that's just floating around the facility. 
Dan, you guys will face another good front seven here with the Bengals. So mm -hmm. in your film study that you've done, what sticks out about how they're able to try to get to the quarterback? Yeah, high, 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 high effort. You know, like they, they play through and past the whistle. And uh, that's really what stands out the most. Um, their effort is outstanding and they, and they play hard. When it's a game coming off a game where you have seven sacks and the turnovers and all that, but you guys still win, is it easier to kind of look back with coming off a win and correct that stuff? Like, does that help when you look back to, I don't know, having that win, but like also then looking at what went wrong with that stuff? You know, like you see it as stuff like went wrong. I see it as the ups and downs of a football game. Like, stuff like that is supposed to happen. Guys are supposed to make tackles, guys are supposed to get sacks, guys are supposed to do what they do. Like, it's the playoffs. You know, like, everybody's playing their best ball. So um, it's just high energy, high, like, comp. So it's like it is and what it is. But we know as a group that we have to tighten up and we have to make sure that we're all on our P's and our Q's so we could uh, execute at a high level that we know that we're capable of executing at. Hey, Dion, what happened on the play before you had to come off for a play? I mean, I just got aired out a little bit, you know, lost win, and then, you know, I just took a knee just to take a knee and, uh, and uh, you know, took a playoff. There's a lot of strategies on, like, fourth and one and fourth and short this year. You've got guys pushing the quarterback forward. You've got the quarterback leaping forward. What's the conversation like as an offensive lineman when you're trying to <laughs> block and you maybe don't know what's going on behind you? There's really no conversation. It's just, it's just ball. Like with 17 doing what he does, you really don't know what's gonna happen. Like he could be jumping over somebody. Somebody could catch him, and we could try to catch him in the air while somebody else is catching him. And we just gotta just adapt to whatever is going going on, you know. And uh, and that just goes to playing through the whistle and playing past the whistle, you know, because uh, all of our guys know how to extend plays. So with everything happening behind us until it's in front of us, we just have to just hope for the best and trust our technique. And then when stuff happens, you know, we all just hit the ground running and try to adapt to whatever like situation is ahead. Sean, Dion, Sean said today that um, Tremaine Edmonds has had his best season yet. You've been around him for quite a bit. I know he's on the other side of the ball, but what have you seen out of him this season? He had a couple of really big plays, a couple of really big hits in last yeah. week's game. Yeah, you know, uh, it's a it's a beautiful sight um, for a player that was young, but he's not young anymore to, you know, finally come into a hole. And uh, that just comes and with growth and time. And we all knew and we all know that, honestly, every player in that in locker room has potential to and be great, you know. It's just finally uh, Tremaine's turn to to be great and cross that that elite line, you know. And he's uh, and he's crossing it, and he's making plays when we ask him to, and he's stepping up in big moments. And that's what we need to to continue to win. We need everybody to play their best ball, and he's showing it as well as as well as other guys. But you know, like with flows of a of a guy's career. Like he knows what's next, so he's he's playing for bigger purposes. Like he has family, he has emotions, he has teammates, he has his individual battle with D Demar, and everything. Everything goes into the individual player. So, 
you're seeing all like all those emotions hit the football field, which is a beautiful sight. All right, that's Deion Dawkins addressing the media after the walkthrough practice today. Um, maybe Deion's most interesting comment dealt with his characterization of the Bengals front seven, which he said was, you know, kind of a lunch pail group playing not only to the whistle, but through the whistle. And that's kind of the description that you'll get, especially of their front four defenders, Hubbard and Hendrickson in particular. Those guys may not be considered elite athlete talents, but those guys are grinders. And they don't mind jumping into the meat grinder for 80 plays if necessary. Uh, You're right at the end of the football game last week, and Hubbard's running 98 yards with a fumble return, taking the oxygen mask afterwards on the sidelines. If that play doesn't happen, everything stays the same. They win. Baltimore wins. Um, Yeah, I – I get it. You're right. They are. They're really. Their defense, statistically, is just shy of Buffalo's. They're gritty. They're very. They're, and uh, we talked to Dave Lappin this week on on Bills by the Numbers. He said they they are a finish the play kind of defense. Uh, they give up a big play and it turns into a fumble for them and it goes the other way. Uh, they continue to do things uh, even if you think you've got them. Um, it's that kind of attitude defense, very gritty, very gritty. Um, one of those easy defenses, if you're a fan of that team, it's an easy defense to cheer for, you know, because they're always doing something. Even if they don't look great doing it, all of a sudden, because of they just give that extra, something, something, something great happens for them. Those are hard defenses to play against. They really are. Because when you think you've got a good play and you're about to go down, somebody jumps in, punches it out late, and, it, and it's a tragedy instead of right. a victory. And I know that – Bills fans love what Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have provided this defense over the years. Cincinnati has a similar tandem in Von Bell and Jesse Bates, two guys you know that are Pro Bowl caliber players. They get takeaways, and they're really good at disguising coverage post-snap. Uh, they do a lot of similar things as a tandem that Poyer and Hyde have done for years here. So – it's a safety tandem that needs to be respected in the passing game, maybe more than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As, as proud of Bill's fans are of the safety tandem when they're healthy, that's exactly what Cincinnati's at. So <clears throat> as you get into these games, these divisional games, these champ AFC championship conference championships, and certainly the Super Bowl, you're playing teams, not only they're gifted, but they've been productive and, they're playing on an uptick. Yeah. You know, they're, they've got a lot of confidence going, and they have learned to play with whatever limitations they have, limit those, and maximize their gifts. And man, they're really tough to beat, all these teams. And that includes the Bills, of course. Mm-hmm. They're in that mix. But I, I think these games, the, the four games that I'm looking at, even the Chiefs-Jaguars game where you got a Jags team who was, yeah, technically they were division champs, but they were, you know, and they and they they get in, and they win last week uh, over a Chargers team that was probably more gifted than they were. All f- I see all four of these games, NFC and AFC, as one score games this weekend. I think it's really going to be tough to go off and leave one of these teams on the scoreboard because they're good enough to come back even when they mess around. When the Bills turn it over three times, they they still end up having a ten point lead late in the game. 
You know, the Chiefs, we've seen them yeah. stumble and fumble around, get taken to overtime by the Houston Texans, and, you know, okay, we win it. They just go ahead and win it. So they're able to overcome their own mistakes, and they're used to it. They're, they're not afraid of one-score games. They're just comfortable. they got a lot of confidence on both sides of the ball, all these teams. So I think these are really close games, really close games all the way across the board. Buffalo-Cincinnati, no different. I think be, you got to buckle up, and I think well, you got to be. I got to yeah. think you got to be prepared to be nauseous for Could about be a three ping hours. Pong match, yeah. yeah, you're going to have to be prepared to be nauseous because it's not going to look good at times. Yeah, and it could come down to who has the ball last. Quite frankly, yeah, that that could be the determination. No matter no matter how much or how little times on the exactly. Clock. We've heard from the offensive side of the ball. Now let's go back to the post practice lectern and hear the defense's perspective on this upcoming game with the Bengals. Here is one of the defensive captains, Jordan Poyer. We're two teams that shared a similar experience three weeks ago. And you guys came together as captains on the field, off the field. What do you think the start of this game will be like emotionally, knowing you know, how that game ended? Uh, that's a good question. I never really thought about that. Um, you know, I think, obviously, two teams that you know, were in the playoffs want to win. Obviously, going through what we went through a couple weeks back, um, you know, I think the the good thing that everybody feels good about is that Dham is back and he's in the building now. He's he's, he's here today. Um, you know, it's just awesome to see him and 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 in great spirits back here, and it brings all of our spirits together. So and brings all of our spirits up. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it should be any different than any other game that we've been in, uh, been a part of. Obviously, like I said, two teams that two really good teams that that want to win. It's playoffs, and so it's, uh, we're expecting a, a really great atmosphere, and we're excited for the opportunity. Does that help emotionally knowing, see, get past what happened for you guys two weeks ago, seeing Damar here and smiling and, and, and all that? Yeah, like I said, I think it brings everybody's spirits up. Um, and I think after you know the Patriots game, we kind of dealt with the biggest amount of emotions. Um, you know, a week a week later. Uh, but like I said, Dehan's back in the building now, and you know it's awesome to see his face. Awesome, awesome to see him smiling again. And so I don't think this game will be any different. It's kind of unique in a sense that you know you played part of the first quarter against them January 2nd, and now you have them here. But in terms of preparation, how does that make it different? Can you take anything from, from the preps you did at that time and kind of roll it into this game? Yeah, I think you can um, you know, pick some stuff here and there. You know, I, We only had eight plays uh, in the game, and so when you go back and you, and you look at those eight plays, you can kind of get a sense of, you know, and they're, they're feeling the same way, you know, get a sense of how they were trying to attack us and same vice versa, how we were trying to attack them. And so obviously, you know, probably a couple more wrinkles here and there for both sides of the football. So um, like I said, we're excited about the opportunity. It's a good football team. We're a good football team too. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere, and uh, we're excited to play. How have you seen uh, Kyrie develop you know, since the beginning of his rookie season? Yeah, just continuing to grow each and every week, um, each and every day, each and every week. Um, he's a player that you know I, I respect a lot just because you know the work I see, I see the work that he puts into his craft and you know he's starting to see it pay off um, you know the big plays that he made over the last weekend and you know the plays that he's going to continue to make for help our team win football games so um, just a really smart player really dedicated player who you know he's coming along to his own as a rookie um, you know it's it's not an easy position to be in you know as a rookie corner especially first round pick having to you know him and Dane are coming on and off the field every series or so and so um, you know I, res I respect him for his craft and what he's been able to do for us um, as a rookie and you know he's going to continue to make plays for us. 
What stands out to you about Joe Burrow? Obviously, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But why do you think he's so special? Yeah, you know, I think he just has a very good command of, of that offense and, and what he's able to do. Obviously, he has a lot of trust in his receivers. Um, you know, one of the top receiving cores in the in the, in the NFL. So, um, you know, he, he has a very good understanding of what he sees on the other side of the football. Um, he has a very good understanding of, of, of timing and, and his receivers, their routes. And um, he's very smart, very intelligent. And so, um, got a lot of respect for Joe Burrow and what he's, what he's been able to do ever since, you know, LSU, even what he's been able to do since he's came into the league and, you know, to see him grow into, you know, who he is now. So, you know, we're going to have our hands full and we're going to have to play extremely well to win. Um, and, uh, you know, they got good players. We got good players as well. So it's going to be fun. Because, because it was the first time you, you faced Joe, um, was it good, even though you had eight, nine, seven plays, was it good to get an on-field sense of rhythm and, or, or, or just kind of at least get that first taste? Because you guys you guys have never faced him before. Yeah, I mean, I think every game has its, has its own way of, you know, you know, feeling the rhythm throughout the game. And, you know, it's hard to get into a – a good rhythm, you know, seven, eight plays into the game. And so, you know, I, you know, as the game goes along, you start to get a better feel of the game. And so, um, you know, that experience that we had in, in Cincinnati is going to be a totally different experience, you know, coming here to Buffalo and, and playing here. So, um, like I said earlier, they got good players. We got good players, too. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, and we're excited to play. Gordon, I just no, want to follow up. You used the word <coughs> um, in describing the relationship he has with those receivers, and that's the way it's been described to me, too. Like, he's so accurate, right? Mm -hmm. That ball's going to a spot. There's a lot right. of yards after the catch type thing. Right. Does that make it kind of a unique challenge in, in, in having to face them? Is that the biggest thing? Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of – I mean, they're, they're good players. Uh, like I said, they, Jamar and, and, and Joe, they've been playing together for a long time, and so that timing in itself has been there before they even got to Cincinnati. And so, um, you know, I, it, they don't run a complicated offense, but what they do is they do what they do well. Um, and, and their receivers make plays. They, like you said, you run after the catch, um, the yak yards, and, and um, he's able to – you know, there's a lot of routes that – you know, Chase is at the top of his route, and Joe's already throwing the ball before he gets out of his break. And so, um, yeah, it does make it uh, challenging. But you know, at the same time, we're gonna have to—they're gonna make some plays. We're just gonna have to be able to, you know, they, they catch the ball. We have to be able to catch tackle and, and limit yards after catch and limit explosive plays. You know, you guys aren't gonna have Micah this week, obviously. But is there almost like an extra motivation just to give him a chance to get back? Yeah, I think there's been extra motivation all season long. Um, you know, he's been in the building. You know, in, in the meetings, just helping us out, um, you know, helping myself, helping the younger guys out um, in the position, telling us what he sees. So it's, it's been awesome to have him. You know, it's like he's never left, obviously, other than being on the field with, with me. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say it does give you extra motivation. I would love to play with Micah again. Um, and, and, you know, he's working extremely hard to get back. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, so that's Jordan Poyer addressing the media and – I found it interesting, his characterization of how how the first meeting between these two teams three weeks ago, even though it was only about 15, 18 plays, Ten plays. really isn't going to yeah. amount to much for That's them because man. he thinks this is going to be a totally different thing, which, I mean, every game is, even though the same people might be on the field. But the whole vibe going into the game, what's on the line is different. And so I think they feel that this game will be completely different from that one. And I, I just get the sense they don't feel they can pull too much from that one. I don't either. I don't think they can. Certainly they're going to they're gonna be watching one extra game of film from week 18 and, the, and then yet last week as well. 
that's about it. Um, the Baltimore game is going to look completely different than anything the Bills are going to want to do against these guys. The Miami game with Skylar Thompson, how much is that going to tell them about what they can do against the Bills? Yeah, there's – yeah, it's – I think it's a wash. I think you just go out and play it like a fresh game. And I don't know – and I think it'll pl- it'll feel like a fresh game because it's going to be in Buffalo. Well, right. It's going to be a home playoff game. It's not just going to be a Monday night game, although it was a big game. This is this is going to be a completely different animal than the one was in Cincinnati. Yeah. The Bills' Wednesday injury report is out. There are new additions to the injury report. Dane Jackson, as we anticipated, who left last week's game with a knee injury, was considered a limited participant. Now, as we told you earlier, today was just a walkthrough practice, so these practice participation levels are an estimate of where each of these players would be had they practiced in a normal fashion, you know, with shells and team segments, the whole thing. Dane Jackson, a limited participant with a knee injury, and new to the injury report, Daquan Jones, limited with a calf injury. So we'll have to keep an eye on those two as the week progresses. The good news is Isaiah McKenzie is a full participant coming off the hamstring injury that kept him out of last week's game. Jordan Phillips, who's been dealing with the shoulder injury for weeks now, a limited participant, as was Jordan Poyer with his knee injury, but that's kind of been par for the course the last several weeks. He practices on a limited basis, if at all, all week long, and then suits up for the game. So those are the headlines from the injury report for today. And obviously we'll watch and see how people progress through the course of the week with the Thursday and then finally the Friday injury report. Daquan Jones has been a horse for this team all season long. I think every one of the other defensive tackles has missed time with injuries this year, and Jones has not. So they really need him to get healthy in a hurry this week. They're going to need him. Um, well, it's on all hands interior. on deck always as it is in the playoffs. But, yeah, uh, and we, we've said it from the beginning of the season, the difference this season is the play of the defensive – defensively has been the de- play of the defensive tackles down inside. Jones, Settle. Yeah. Decidedly uh, better than last year. Ed, right, and Jordan Phillips. Those guys are, have been fantastic all the way around. And uh, – it's really helped the pass rush a lot in a lot of pl- in a lot of ways. I'm sure Von Miller appreciated it as well when he was playing. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it go- injury wise. The Bills are you know way healthier than the Cincinnati Bengals. They're the Bengals in pretty are, good shape. The Bill, yeah, the Bills are walking in there with their full complement of offensive linemen. The Bengals are not by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, that's one plus for Buffalo. But you still got to play. I'm going to check and see if the injury report for the Bengals is out yet for this week. And it is not. So we wait on that and for information there because they have two linemen that are of interest, two starting offensive linemen that are anticipated to appear on the injury report. We'll see if they have any participation in practice. And there are other guys kind of scattered across their roster that are a little nicked up going into this one. Um, Let's take a look at the tweet sheet here while we have some time. As we were asking you today for your biggest storyline for Sunday's game against the Bengals. Tweet sheet brought to you as always by Corrigan Moving Systems, the official equipment moving company of the Buffalo Bills. And Michael leads us off by saying ball security on offense 
And can the defense provide a score to change momentum? Bills only have one defensive touchdown all season, and that was week two. Well, you are right about that. It was a Matt Milano interception return against the Titans on Monday Night Football. That is their only defensive touchdown. Um, they did get a key takeaway deep in Miami territory last week from Kyrie Elam that led to a go-ahead touchdown. So that was a positive. Um, yeah, I'll take a defensive touchdown any day of the week. I'll sign up for that. Oh, are you kidding? <clears throat> yeah, Almost are... makes you feel like the Bills are overdue for one of them. <laughs> oh, listen to you. <laughs> Spinning it all. The positive. law of averages. Spinning it all positive and stuff. Love yeah. the law of averages. I get you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's def- def- defense in the playoffs is about playmaking. It's not about being stifling. Usually, it's not about being a stifling run defense or whatever because you're playing against a team, particularly in this day and age, against offenses that everything's tilted in their favor and they should be able to play really well. Even the Giants are looking good offensively. Um, I say even the Giants because, you know, they're challenged on the outside. So uh, they got a tight end playing X. So in this point of the season and this point in history defense is about doing something spectacular punching the ball out getting a turnover getting a sack you know intercepting that kind of thing uh, it's not so much about you know keeping them to under 50 yards rushing for the game that you know it's about making plays you don't you know you give up yards for christmas you give these guys a gift wrap yards if they'll cough it up at the end of it yeah uh, that's the way the game's played these days so yeah and and Seeing that the Bills have one defensive touchdown all year, man, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice if they were due? Neil on the tweet sheet for his storyline for this game says, can the Bills pass rush make enough disruptive plays against a banged-up Bengals O-line? That could be the crux of this matchup for sure. Um, Steve, you had a stat earlier today about Burrow getting sacked a certain number of times in a football game if it's under four, his record is like twenty and three. If it's yeah, if he gets sacked. and if he's sacked more than four times, he's like four and eight. He's twenty two and three since the beginning of last season when he's sacked fewer than four times in a game. He's four and eight if he's sacked more than four times yeah. in a game. Get home, boys. Get home. You gotta get him on the ground. You gotta get him on the ground. And and you know, <laughs> for me, what'll happen is they'll they'll <laughs> It'll be a game where they're down close. Oh my gosh, they're gonna win, and he'll get the four, you'll get the fifth sack on the last play of the game <laughs> to win. <laughs> that you know because it, it'll never help us, right? You never get four sacks on the first four pass plays of the game to say, okay, we got yeah. a chance in this. You know, it always happens uh, at the end when uh, when it's difference making. So, yeah, that that was interesting to me, and certainly, you know, Joe Burrow notoriously won a playoff game getting sacked nine times um, last year. That was that was a huge story going into the AFC Championship game in Kansas City. So it uh, it remains to be part of his story. He even at the beginning of this year and late last year, really, it's hard to find fault with most of these quarterbacks. Josh, you can say, well, he plays a little hero ball. Uh, yeah, okay, that's that's who he is. And Mahomes does some crazy stuff with the ball. They turn it over a little too much. Okay, but you got to be willing to live with it. And it's been said about Joe Burrow, one of the things he does once in a while is hang on to it a little too long. Mm -hmm. And that does lead to some extra sacks once in a while. Now, they're better around him, and he's better at it as time passes, as he's learning as well. He's he's not stupid. He learns too. But that's one of the things early on in, in, like, last year and this year that 
yeah, you know, maybe he does hang on to it a little too long. Von Miller Once in a while. is around the facility on a daily basis. He's in meetings. He's hanging with his teammates, even though he cannot play. Did something interesting in the Bills locker room today. We'll tell you what it was when we return. Here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health, it's Buffalo Bills Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.